three, two, one. Is this this is an episode one twenty? One twenty. All right. Uh, <clears throat> hello and uh, welcome to episode number one hundred and twenty of Put the Coins in the Slot. Insert credit dot com. Put the coins in there dot com. Uh, get the token home. Bring the token home dot com. That's the name of the show. Now, cool. Uh, insert credit is the actual name. But what does that mean, really? We'll leave that for the listener to decide. I'm, uh, I'm Captain Tim Rogers. That's at 108 on Twitter. We've got, uh, Corporal Brandon Sheffield. I thought you would like the word corpse like in your it. name. Like Corporal <laughs> Brandon Sheffield. And we've got, uh... We're going to go ahead and make you a Brigadier Lieutenant Frank Cifaldi. Oh, nice. I like the double a good name. One? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I like it. it's good. Just it's com- got two words. Completely created a name, Brigadier Lieutenant Frank Cifaldi. Uh That's that's you today, uh, and we're here today to talk about video games. Wow. Uh, oh. So today, I only want to talk about the big ones. Okay. No, that's a joke. That's a joke. Oh. I don't. I don't care what games we talk about. Uh, so I've prepared a list of topics as usual. But who cares about my list of topics? Uh, I care a little maybe bit. Maybe have. To, uh, well, I mean, well then let's let's try them out then. Yeah. Um. So I mean, a uh, topic number one. Jumping right into the news. Uh, Jonathan Blow yesterday announced the price of his game, The Witness. Uh, the Witness was a game that uh, he started working on in the year 2007. It's taken him eight, uh, going on nine years to complete the game. Uh, he's got a bunch of people involved with it. It's a huge game with a whole bunch of crap in it. Uh, yeah. Uh, most of which, uh, as I have been able to gather through tweets and interviews and podcasts uh, and Wikipedia entries, most of the game is hidden and... Like, none of the videos revealed so far show anything that is, like, actually important to the game at all, including any of the mechanics. So, that interests me a lot. Yeah. Uh, and the game was announced as being $40. And, uh, I clicked on a NeoJaf thread. I'm calling it NeoJaf, oh, oh, not NeoJaf. That, that's, uh, that's, that's the new way to pronounce that's that. That's the GIF pronunciation. It's like the, the yeah. CompuServe yeah. pronunciation of NeoJaf. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was the, I thought it was the uh, the David Jaffe fan forums. Oh yeah. Oh, then that would be Neo Jaffe. Yeah, he should he should get on that Neo Jaffe. So the first like, wait is isn't isn't regular Neo Jaffe the the uh, Jaffe fan forums? Yeah, pretty much everybody on there kind of they wear like a David Jaffe baseball cap. I don't know what that means. Uh, does he have his own baseball cap? Probably. probably. He probably has his own baseball cap. We've decided. Uh, that's headline news. Uh, David Jeffy <laughs> probably has his own baseball cap with his name. He sells them on his web store. Uh, anyway, so the first 20 posts or so on the Neo Jaff were, uh, some variation of more than I expected. And it's like, first of all, people posting more than I expected, clearly after already seeing it was more than someone else expected, chiming in with their click of a Facebook like that is now, you know, more than just a click of a Facebook like, it's repeat a whole sentence. Uh, And, uh, you know, people were expecting, apparently, I was able to dig, uh, they were expecting it to be $20 or less. That's what they were expecting. And they're expecting that it'll be on sale for $5 or it'll be in a humble bundle very soon. Uh, I think that the game should be $40. What do you guys think? Let's give a talk. Let's talk about this. I think it should be uh, exactly what the people who uh, budgeted the game think that it should be in order to make a return on their investment. And I'm going to believe that's about $40. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I will not pay one penny more than thirty nine ninety nine for this product. Oh uh, I, darn! I refuse that. You know that 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 forty dollars sticker price. It just looks too big. But if you can if you can fool me into thinking it's in the thirties, 
then you know it's more palatable to me. So thirty nine ninety nine. That's what I think it should cost. Uh, thirty nine ninety nine. I think now uh, it's, it, I think forty yeah. feels like less than thirty nine ninety nine because it's only two numbers instead of four. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's got four instead of thirt at the beginning. That's the, yeah, that's but you got ninety nine in there. That's huge. Yeah, that's a big 99. number. You're right. Ninety nine is a scary number. So I do think that forty is a good price. I'm generally in favor of anyone that rails against the race to the bottom and has the power to do so. Because you know, <clears throat> Tim, you or I could try to make video ball or or gun sport. 30 bucks but uh are the yeah. people gonna come along with us for that ride i don't i don't know but if are they gonna come along with john blow they might more likely than us so uh, i think he's gonna he's got enough support he'll 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 sell it for 40 bucks so like i tweeted about it he's he's gonna make enough money at 40 dollars that when it does go on sale it's gonna go on sale uh i mean that when it does go on sale it will uh It'll it'll make more than enough money, but I mean, if this truly is a game with bounties beneath it, uh, it's going to be uh, worth it. Like some of the rumblings I have heard are, you can beat the game in like twenty hours or however many hours without seeing like ninety percent of the essential content that requires just just an infinity of digging into the game to to see like any of the stuff, like. I think that's kind of neat. I don't even know what any of the stuff is to begin with in the game. So that's, I don't know. It's an exciting opportunity. I've heard John Blow talk about, uh, his hobbies recently. And this is the whole, uh, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto is not allowed to talk about his hobbies because he talked about gardening. Like, you know, he talked about gardening and then he made Pikmin. Uh, I believe that anyone hearing that Shigeru Miyamoto likes gardening, uh, the chances of them making Pikmin is uh, pretty slim. I mean, we're talking a hundred <laughs> times rarer than winning a Powerball. You know, there's another another uh, mention of current events. Did he did uh, he talk about his puppy farm before he did Nintendogs? Oh man, he talked about liking a dog. <laughs> he did mention a dog. So John Blow has talked about looking going to stuff. see. Yeah, looking looking at stuff, witnessing things, he loves mindfulness. Witnessing. Mindfulness and uh, missed opportunities. Uh, he has talked about the theater presentation, the play Sleep No More in New York City. Do you guys know about this? No. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, man. I thought this was something you guys would know about. No. Uh, Sleep No More is uh, – it's a house in New York. And you buy tickets and there is a play happening in the house. Sleep No More is uh, – a a line, uh, it's a, a line snippet from the play Hamlet. So, Sleep No More is a modern theater. Uh, I guess, I, I guess we, it would be a postmodern, hypermodern, theatrical reinvention of Hamlet, where the play is happening in a house, and you walk around the house. What do you see? Uh, when do you see it? Uh, uh, I don't know. It's all up to you. Where are you going to be at any given time? I've heard, and John I've heard Blow, about things like this. Is this the only thing of its type? If not, I've either heard it is, of this. It is not exactly the only thing of its type. There, there was an opera that was done at uh, Los Angeles Union Station, or uh, what, what's that station? Union yeah. Station. Yeah, yeah, it is Union Station. Yeah, yeah, it was done in the that beautiful. I love that station. The station rules. Yeah. Very nice building, close to a ziggurat, uh, the Los Angeles City Hall. As seen in the film *L.A. Confidential*, there was an opera that was that was happening in that stadium that you can only hear over earpieces, and you're looking for the people in the crowd who are vocalizing the words. Yeah. Uh, so I was definitely uh, among thinking a, a of real this, crowd. This sleep. Yeah, no more yeah. Thing. So yeah, sleep why, no more is. Why did they the call it sleep no more instead of homelet? Is my question. <laughs> homelet. <laughs> Gone homelet. Home alonelet. <laughs> Home alonelet. Uh, Home Alone lit would, oh my god. <laughs> I'd watch that. A Hamlet man. Home Alone? Yeah. Yeah, let's bring Macaulay let's, Culkin uh, back and, uh, and let's do Home Alone lit. I've kind of had this idea that we would someday do a podcast and, uh, there, the final lightning round would be an answer for your crimes sort of, uh, thing where it's like, here's a bunch of dumb stuff we said. <laughs> uh, we have to now design a game based on this. So let's move on. Uh, <laughs> 
so yeah, sleep sleep no more is you're walking around a room, uh you're walking around this this whole house and you're just experiencing it and there's other people, you don't like other spectators, you don't talk to them. Uh you're just uh you're just observing, you're witnessing, you're being mindful. And Jonathan Blow has talked about being like addicted to this, like going to see it like over and over and over again. Uh that's kind of a cool thing to know going into the witness for me. I like the idea of missed opportunities and happening narrative. I well, think that's neat. You know, a lot of people have compared the game to Mist, so there will probably be a lot of missed opportunities in there. Bam. Boom. That is exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> missed opportunities. Uh, I have a uh, couple things to say that just things that I saw people say about the price that I agreed with. Which, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, which were... Um, one was someone saying that, uh, when, when someone releases a game like this for 40 bucks, that game should come with a guarantee that you're not going to put it on sale for at least a month or two months. Uh, Hmm. so that you're, it's so that, you know, you don't, you don't buy the game and then a couple days later you're like, now it's 10 bucks. Um, that's, that's kind of scary. That's some, uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, that that would set thinking. a precedent, and also it'd be really tacky. Uh, it would be really tacky, and it would be really uh, what do you call it? Really PC master racy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where it's like, hey, hey, I got it, Ugh, I got it now. You're not going to put it on sale for two months. Well, what about somebody who buys it at the tail end of the two months and doesn't know when it's going to go on sale? Yeah. Why don't game developers just announce exactly when their games are going to be on sale? Uh, this game will be on sale exactly three months from today. Yeah, uh, if you want to wait until th- then, that's a better that's a better tactic. Um, and then the other yeah. thing that I saw was uh, it was Chris Charla after he bought it saying that he gets annoyed at the the kinds of people that will pay $14 to go see an hour and a half movie uh which yeah. i mean if you can find an hour and a half movie to pay $14 for good luck but um mostly they're two and a half hours now but still uh he and with the witness reportedly over 100 hours you know it's much more much better value and uh and and a different different more interactive art form for you so yeah. I've heard there is a puzzle in the game that uh, less than 1% of humans on Earth possess the capacity to solve. Uh, I'm real excited about that. Cool. I'm not going to solve that. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you will because somebody will tell you the solution. Oh, yeah, well, but, that's, uh, but that's not me solving it, is it? That's just me. It's me. Yeah, I can it's, follow it's not, rules. That's for sure. And a solution is a solution. I would, uh, I would pay $40 for a perfect two hours. Yeah. A really, really solid two hours. I wouldn't right now, but I also wouldn't pay forty hour forty dollars for a hundred hour thing, uh, because that's scary. That's awful. Yeah, it's too many hours. Like when you said twenty hours, Tim, I was already thinking that that's too many, and I would rather pay forty dollars for fewer than twenty hours. Yeah, they're they're saying that there's uh uh there's a hundred hours of stuff in there that you don't have to root through. And that's great. If I'm I, good with that. Yeah. If I get, but I don't know what the core experience is. If I give John Blow, uh, 10 extra dollars, can I get a five hour version of the game? <laughs> <laughs> God, I'd love that. I would but, love, uh, I would love six core hours followed by like three hours of, of me reading the internet for the rest of the stuff I miss. I really, yeah. I really like Endgame. We've talked about this, but I really like not Endgame, but Postgame is, it, it, which mm. it, which is silly, of course, because as long as you're playing the game, it's game. There's no such thing as Postgame, really. But I like when after after all of your main objectives are done, and you go back to the town or the thing, wherever you whatever you got, the menu, and there's some other stuff, and it's like, guess what? You played all the way through this thing. Here's a little bit extra for you. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of that stuff, uh, especially if it's a world I'm having a good time with. So I guess I want to say one more thing about the price of this is mm-hmm. I tweeted, uh, I'm going to, like, people are saying it's more than they expected. I have no expectations of this game other than, uh, the, the fact that I, I, I enjoy Jonathan Blow's dedication, right? Like his dedication to keeping the game secret. To me, that's, that's like a brand, you know? It's like it's like I wear Jordan shoes because I like Jordan shoes. Uh, 
to me, that's it. Just it's it's a brand that's quality. I understand that there's a bad way to like brands, but I feel like Jonathan Blow is a brand, and uh, why not charge forty bucks for his game, no matter what it is? I feel like he could get away with it if it's a thirty-minute game. He could charge forty bucks. I keep throwing around this joke, uh, and I, 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 I tell me if you guys think this is a good idea that we make a black label version of Video Ball. That is just one level. It's local only. It's a new music track. Uh, it's one color scheme. It's a custom announcer and it costs a hundred dollars. And there's no online, no menus, no anything. It's like, like you're buying a fancy pool table. What medium I, is it? Is it digital? Yeah, it would be, uh, PC DRM free. But there's a serial number on the bottom of the screen for every <laughs> copy. Every copy is built individually. A hundred dollars, or you can pay undisclosed price, which is much, much cheaper than a hundred dollars. Trust me, uh, for uh, the the full game with all the stuff. Uh, that's team ranked online matchmaking. By the I, way, I everybody. think. I mean, I, I think a hundred dollars is too much myself. I, yeah, I, but it's yeah. I I think that uh, almost every game that could have a following is. Uh, not uh, exploiting, and I don't mean that. I don't, I'm not saying that in a negative way. Uh, the potential for secondary revenue from people who really, really like it. Yeah. Um, yes. And I feel like almost every uh, game worth a darn should have a collector's edition that comes out yes. like three months later. Um. And but I think that people want it on their shelves, and you need to make a physical something. A physical something that costs a hundred dollars. Yeah, so yeah, so this is uh, my my topic. I have written in my notes here the one hundred dollar video game. Okay. Uh, uh, so I guess I already gave my answer, which is we would make this extremely stripped down black label video ball that is uh, like a fancy pool table. Again, you just press a button and it starts, and it's for four players, and it just looks a little different. It just it's just different colors, and. Uh, it's like a ridiculous gesture and it's like clearly for like a crowd who's like I'm such a big video ball fan that I own video ball black label. I, I bought video ball black label. I've got copy number 1062 or whatever because they're all numbered. Uh, I think that's – not that we – I wish I could sell 100,000 or 1,000 copies of that. Uh, but uh, I think that's hilarious to me. But the idea is – so there's – this is a two-pronged question. Uh, there are collector's editions that cost $100. There's, that's all over the place. Like every game has a $100 collector's edition. Every AAA game does. Uh, like there's a Halo that's got like a Master Chief helmet. Uh, and then meanwhile, you now have in every AAA game – and I'm sure you've noticed this – Every AAA game offers every player the opportunity to spend more than a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. There's just there's a way to do it. Yeah, uh, you can buy Destiny currency now. After that not being a thing, you can buy currency. You can buy skins. You can buy stuff. You can uh, subscribe to content that hasn't even been announced yet. You can subscribe. Yeah, it hasn't right been now. announced. That uh uh, in the case of a game like Watch Dogs, stars a different character. Uh doesn't have any of the same mechanics but it's like part of the uh it's the next season of the game so you can you can spend a hundred dollars on any game and uh i again you know here we are 2016 i know we've talked about this before but i mean i've still never bought something uh outside of a game i've never bought a digital good in a game yet still What's the uh, what's the trend watch on that? Have you, Frank? Uh, we're not talking mobile games, obviously. When you say that, right? Uh, well, let's let's uh, I mean, I, answer I, I bought, answer it as two questions. Oh, then. sure, let's, sure. I've, I've, let's hear it. I bought plenty of coin doublers uh, in, in games like Jetpack Joyride, just because I feel like that's the real game. Um, yeah, and I don't mind if a game's good enough that I want to buy it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But as far as uh, like console games and stuff like that, um, I can't think of any. I do not believe I've ever paid uh, for additional content in a game, unless you want to count uh, 
Actually, okay, yeah. I bu- I bought them Grand Theft Auto 4 episodes. That's what I bought. Ah. Um, I okay, bought, I so bought all three of those. In my reckoning, those are, I think the Grand Theft Auto episodes are, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna draw a hard line in the sand here. Those are the best DLC. I think that I think. might be true because I think in video games because they they make a new character, they write a new story. Yeah, it's just all it's a big flop of new stuff. And and as you've pointed out before, uh, in in your desire to be able to play with the city in in a game making way, uh, yeah, you can make all kinds of games in those cities. And yeah, they're uh, just big playgrounds. Yeah, and so it's it it's real smart to just make new stories in a city like that, and it uh. It makes me feel like, uh, like, like I felt when they announced that Sam and Max was an episodic adventure game. Uh, I got excited because I was like, well, that works for sitcoms. You know, you just use the same sets. Exactly. You just have new, uh, new content, occasional new characters or whatever, but like you, you just kind of pump out new games. Uh, it didn't really work out that way. Uh, for either game, but yeah, I agree with you that that those are uh, some of the best uh, DLC purchases that that a person could make. So they were what? They were twenty dollars. I think each? they might have been ten or twenty, but I think twenty. Yeah, it was like a it was a real price, and it's like it's like buying a full game, and it's like, well, no, it's not. Uh, uh, they were uh, Rock Rockstar. You know, of course, they don't go out and say anything anywhere, but uh, they were kind of making a case for you can charge. Uh, what do you call it for the the used game market? They were like, we're we're doing something that's you know you can't sell back yeah. this game. I mean, then they started putting them on the disc, right? But, but not until after, which again is not it doesn't count as a secondary market. Yeah, it was it was a fun way to it was a, it was a non sleazy way to get a bunch of extra money out of customers, out of people who might have even bought the game used. Uh, yeah, so I think I think those are cool, and I'm sure plenty of other games have done. Something with as much care and precision. Assassin's Creed 4 has a really good add-on that you use your first mate from your ship. He's the main character. And, uh, there's, uh, it's, it's all about how he came to meet the main character. And it's set in the same world. And it's, uh, that's neat. That sort of thing's real cool. So. Uh, it took me some, yeah. some brain racking to come up with one. But I, I bought the, card deck expansions for ascension the deck building card game i don't yeah. i don't have all of them but i have some of them and they all i guess relatively subtly and sometimes not so subtly cha- change the way that you're playing the game and so that's about it i have not really i haven't been super compelled to buy like dlc episodes or um, larger things like that for, for big games because I know that they're going to come out on one disc for cheaper than everything way later. And I know that I'm not going to play them now. <laughs> so like, why the heck not wait till Dragon Age Origins with all the DLC is out on a disc so that I can buy that once and never play it instead of, uh, buying, buying it five times and never playing it. You know I've what? got Grand Theft Auto V, and I still haven't played through it. I've got it on PS3, and then it came out on PS4, and I was going to buy it again, and then I didn't, and now it's on PC, uh, and I still haven't bought it. Yeah, it's but I, I can't I, play it on PS3. I'm going to play it in 60 FPS on the 1080p on the PC, you know? I'm glad I waited is what I'm saying. But yet, but yet, I feel like four might be the last time I could get excited about a Grand Theft Auto game, and I really liked four at the time. Uh, yeah, I liked four a lot. Four was a cool game. But it was a good time. I, I don't, I don't know that you can do much more with it without actually changing the game in a way that would upset people. Four was I. I played straight through that game. I sure did too. I played through forty it twice. hours. Yeah, I just I I played it in a weekend. Like I I I very rarely will just play straight through something like that uh yeah so 40 hours what if it was the 40 dollars it would be a dollar an hour that's i'd pay a dollar an hour for that uh uh yeah what was the second part uh, of that question uh the the second prong in that question is uh because I, uh, I thought you were going to ask us 
what would we pay a hundred dollars for? Because I'm I'm interested yeah, in knowing that. That's the second prong for that question. What would you pay a hundred dollars for that is not a physical release? I mean, that's too easy. We all have our things that we would pay a hundred dollars for if it came with a. They they can get any of us. If you've ever bought a game console, yeah. they can get you with uh, some special deal. There's some Mario action figure that would get me, I don't know, some Mario thing would, would get me to buy a $100 Mario game. I don't know. Oh, well, right? I, I was actually going to go in a different direction and say that, you know, like yeah. if... if if the and this is you know ridiculous and not going to happen but if say some game came with a uh like an Oscar 120% remix <laughs> that i could play on the saturn nice i would i would buy that and like All right. what if the developer just released that oh i would buy that too you know um they published it officially that rodea the sky soldier game where they, they've got the, the Wii U version and then the Wii version is on it and it's essentially the last Wii game developed Man, that's yeah. a real game. Like I still have I keep seeing it and not I, buying it. I still haven't bought it, but that's that I wanna buy that. Like if I had if I two felt, copies at the Fries and Concord. If I felt really comfortable with money at the time of its release, I would have bought it imme- immediately. Likewise, uh Devil's Third, which uh at, by all accounts is that that devil's turd Great. joke that we made um, seems. To I uh, I have refused to make that joke, and that game owns. So uh, I'm I feel vindicated. People are gonna love it in a couple years. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able have the opportunity to love it because they made like what ten thousand of them and then swept it under the rug. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I watched a video of the first ten minutes, and it's like it looks like a video game that was made by a group of misanthropes that just hate people that play video games. Uh, yeah, that rule. It's like, you're, 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 Wait a minute. <laughs> you're, you're climbing, you're climbing up this, this ledge and there's a guy standing at the top of the ledge, stabbing a knife at you and knocking you down off the ledge, but you have to climb up the ledge. And so the way that the guy playing it manages to do it is by uh, a physics glitch and he gets up there and the other guy falls down. But then once he gets up there, a swarm of unavoidable bats come and sm- smack at him. It's it's nice. just oh, gotta love the bats. It, That's like a ninja guy. It reference. looks really bad, like really yeah. comically bad. But but it rules. Uh, there's uh, so much stuff in it that rules. Uh, we can talk about that at some point. Yeah, I would pay a hundred dollars. Uh, you're saying no physical anything, which is fine. Uh, yeah, I would pay one hundred dollars for the right game. I don't, yes. you know what I mean? Like that, and that's yeah. really all it comes down to for me. Exactly. Is that... So let me, let me hy- hypothesize on what the right game is, right? Okay. Uh, here it is. We're talking 10 years in the future, probably. Uh, somebody makes a video game that's real good. That's number one, right? Yeah. And, uh, but it's a video game that's set in a big city, a Grand Theft Auto like city, a living city that is updated and, uh, they, you know, they, they make sure it, it feels good and the level design, it's all prioritized. And you've got just a big, like, giant encyclopedia of characters, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of storylines, plot lines, characters. Basically, it's the Sopranos of video games and they release seasons of it. At some point in the, in the future, people are no longer afraid of episodic content. Mm-hmm. And they sell the episodes for $20 each, and there's like 20 episodes. And then, five years later, there's a boxed set you can download on Steam for 100 bucks. And you're like, you know, I've been meaning to get into that. I want I want to see what that one's all about. And then you buy it for 100 bucks. That's They have to brand it and publicize it as a, uh, this is a game that's just going to have a lot of episodes. And they just have to make episodes work. Okay. Is that it? Well, I thought you were. I thought you it. were saying for us, and because that's definitely that doesn't that wouldn't get me for sure. That was my hypothesis for Frank, which is similar ah, to what I would want. I see. Uh, that- yeah, I can see that. I I, th- I still think I'd be uh, afraid of of the amount of content I need to consume. Yeah. Um, well, which is why they make by make episodic games work. I think the idea of that is. Yeah, so it's a trend I've been seeing in games, uh, in criticism of games, weirdly. Uh, people saying the, the best example, The Last of Us, 
it just it doesn't get any harder. The difficulty plateaus like an hour in. It's like great. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Like I think a game where the difficulty plateaus an hour in and you know how to play it. The same way you know how to listen to the dialogue in the wire. You know, you have yeah. to there's an adjustment period. It takes an episode before you're like, oh, that's how people talk in this fictional world. And you are okay with it. I think I remember thinking the dialogue in that show was just awful right at the beginning and then I just adjusted. So yeah, you just you you get used to playing it and then it's yours. And then you can kind of just fit through it. I guess for me personally, like it doesn't even have to be in the future or speculative, just if there's a game that I wanna play real bad, um I guess I don't really care what it costs, you know, within reason. And um, I can justify $100 for a big game, given that I buy two of those a year, maybe, max, you know, at this point. So I will will spend $100 on a real, on a big game that I really want to play, if that's what it costs. That sounds about right. A hundred dollars. So now here's, here's the other side of the token. What, what would get you to spend a hundred dollars on a, on a physical game? So I'm going to throw out one, uh, I'll throw out a couple of, uh, tiny factoids is that all Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest games are released at a price point of a hundred dollars in Japan and they proceed to sell millions of copies. So that's just, that's Japan, you know, where, a new Dragon Quest might be the only game you buy for five years, literally. And every, so every PC that. game used to be $100 in Japan, or at least uh, yeah. 98,000 yen. Because that was just what it took to pay the rent. You Wait, 9,800 is what I meant. <laughs> 98,000 98, is a, that's an expensive game. <laughs> that's a big game. That's there. a spicy meatball yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, all those Dragon Quests are like 100 bucks, and, you know, I bought some Dragon Quests for a bunch of money, whatever. Uh, uh, but so the one thing that really made me feel the coolest when I bought a video game, like I'm going to say the coolest little touch that I ever witnessed on a video game is the Japanese lost odyssey box. The, the slave of which is printed in luxurious ink on Japanese calligraphy paper. Like that just, that shattered my mind that it looked that cool. So a hundred dollar video game for me needs more than figurines, plushies, and statues. It needs something like that. Yeah, you know I was I, mean? I was gonna say almost exactly like that. Like I want for a hundred dollars, it's a collector's edition of something that I love, but it doesn't have crap in it. It it doesn't have anything in it except maybe like a little booklet or something. But uh, it is it is a beautiful physical object that I want to put on a shelf. Um, yeah, and and I guess it contains some way of playing the game. I don't even know, um, but it's not it's not what we think of as collector's editions right now, where they just put in some plastic garbage in an art book or whatever. It's you know a, like an actual thing that looks like it costs a hundred dollars. So for for me, I definitely I'm not going to be putting it on any shelf probably, but if I'm gonna sim- similarly, I do not like. You know, I prefer not to buy the collector's edition because it's got some garbage in it that I don't want usually. Yeah. Uh, and it's cheaper for me to not have to get the garbage. <laughs> like yep. sometimes, I, some some of these uh, Japanese RPGs will come out with a collector's edition first, and I'll have to wait till the non-collector's edition comes out so that I don't have to have like an Xbox 360 faceplate. Um, that's not a thing anymore, but you know, it used to be a thing and death smiles came with that. And then I gave it away. Um, but I think, you know, thinking about what I will pay a little more for with a physical object is if, if like art, there is something handmade about it. Um, so, you know, thinking if, if I were the kind of person that had a bunch of money and I could have paid the $2,000 that Kenji, Ino was, asking uh for for you to get a copy of enemy zero hand delivered by him in a truck yeah and then he'd come and hang out at your house for for an hour like that's cool um and and they were all hand numbered and stuff but likewise on on a on a simpler level um if that 
say that that game you were talking about, Tim, on the calligraphy paper, if it were hand tied uh, with a with some little twine across it, and someone hand numbered it, you know, that's that's yeah. that's worth it. Um, <clears throat> kind of. L- lately, if I'm buying, you know, uh, records or tapes or something, and it's got some little uh, hand touch to it that some somebody cut it funny or or it's got a little print in it that got smudged i'm much more interested in that than than a, a perfect copy of that everybody else has yeah so it's got to have uniqueness essentially for for me to feel like i'm getting my money's worth out of that so it's got to have uniqueness for for a hundred dollars yep. uh Okay, yeah, so, so I, I can buy that. Uh, I'm just thinking, I guess I've already mentioned HBO shows a lot on this show today. Uh, I like the Deadwood Blu-ray box. Comes in this really nice box that is like this really heavy wooden feeling cardboard. It almost feels like it's made out of wood. I think that's really cool. I think a game that came in like a handmade wooden box would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, it's got to fit like, with just my other games. Something though. like that. Yeah. That's it's got, it, it, if it would fit and it would sit on your shelf and it would look good. Uh, just good custom packages. Yeah. And then, uh, the Deadwood Blu-ray box, uh, when you, it's, it's a book when you take it out. It's one of those books that unfolds and has these very high resolution glossy prints on each of the pages. Uh, I think that's like a good treatment. If a game could do something like that. And last week I mentioned the, uh, the uh the Nino Kuni DS game came with that full size book yeah, Nino that had all the illustrations in it and it feels like a Ghibli artifact and there's a little crystal in inside the cover. It's a little crappy plastic crystal. That's not a hundred bucks worth of purchase, but I'm glad I spent sixty bucks on that, you know, thing. And that's yeah. it's not a plastic figurine, you know what I mean? I feel like people appreciate that sort of stuff more than, you know, if, if they, they, a lot of the time people nowadays are getting the feeling that they're buying, they're paying a hundred dollars to get the full game, but they're being told that they're getting the full game for 60 bucks or something. And, and that is upsetting to people. I feel like people might be more into it if you were like, this game costs a hundred dollars. Maybe. Like if you just gave them everything and you're like, and, and you said hundred bucks, this is the whole, it's all of it. You have the whole thing. This game is worth a hundred dollars. I think that might be better than saying this is a complete game at 60 and that, but actually the rest of it being 40 bucks worth of DLC parsed mm-hmm. out. People are pretty big on getting mad at stuff being, well, no, it's, it's very clear that there's an expectation of what a $60 game is. Like, it's very clear that Assassin's Creed is 60 bucks. Nobody, none of the fans complain. None of the, like, a lot of the people complaining about The Witness being $40, a lot of them were not people who wanted the game or cared. They were just getting on the let's hate on it train. But nobody's ever going to jump on Madden and say, why is Madden $60? They just – they don't do that. That's like not the conversation they have. They have the why do they have to make a new one of these every year but never – they never laser focus on the price tag of the game. So that's interesting to me is that they're just like, well, it is a $60 game, you know. Like – and there's – I think there's in – you know, we're talking strictly peanut gallery here. I think there's never – there's just not even a reflex of assessment to say, oh, this is a game 300 people worked on. This is a game 500 people worked on. Uh, That's a lot of money for them to spend. Of course it's $60. There's never that. But uh, I mean – Although there was there was that for John Blow today, yeah. uh, I saw people being like, "How many people worked on this game? Like three, five? They they have no. Why is this forty dollars? So people generally have no idea, yeah, about what it takes to make a game. And uh, what what are they basing this uh thing on this this the witness uh pricing expertise on these people stepping forward and going yeah here's why it shouldn't be forty dollars as the neo jaff thread goes on the replies get longer and uh the experts begin to step in and remove their hats uh and speak 
Uh, and it's like, it's this kind of this baffling language and it's, uh, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be, you know, it's like, what is the understanding? He made a game that was a side scroller. Uh, uh, it was a side scroller with a character who's a little guy and it's kind of Mario ish. Like, and, and therefore there's no way he's ever allowed to charge more than $20 on a game. That's weird. First of all, second of all is, and this is something John, people don't know what's in the God darn game, but they're presuming it's not enough. I like thinking about that even much as it makes me sad. It's, it's interesting to think about. They're just, there's this presumption that it's not enough. Whereas with the $60 game, uh, it just looks like a single screenshot of Madden. Yeah, that looks like $60. So the thing is, like, I, I mean, People get mad at sixty bucks. I'm trying. To, I just remembered a couple examples. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront, the online only Star Wars game. People are like, "That's sixty dollars." There's complaints all over the place. I saw yeah. complaints right out of left field, right out of your. Uh, I don't know what to call them, but the the the, the gamers who proudly don't play FPSs or whatever. You know these people, right? These posers who are like. They like pointing out that they don't play such and such genre of game because they're not interesting or whatever. Like, uh, there was a lot of those people going, why is this game $60? It doesn't even have a single player. I mean, I, clearly they were Star Wars fans and they wanted to play some Star Wars and they didn't want it to be an online shooter. So there's something like that. Right? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that interests me. But th- there's this funny thing that, uh, Games used to be way more than $60. They used to be, I paid 80 bucks for Chrono Trigger, for example. It's Fantasy Star, $100. Virtual Racing, I think $100. Fantasy Star 4 was 100 So this launched. brings me to my next yeah. question. Uh, yeah. This is the all bets are off. Uh, we, we've been talking about new games. What is the most you have ever play, paid for a game, like in, in a collection? Like we, we've talked about collections. Uh, what's the most you've ever paid for a game? Boom. Yeah, I feel like this one's going to be probably The price me. is right. Here it is. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm it's going to be me. Oh, uh, yeah? Uh, okay, well... <laughs> and Yeah, well, I am now, too, because he said that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, when I, I think probably the most I have spent was when I just bought um, Astra Superstars in Japan for um, 93 bucks roughly um i have i have kept my purchases i've tried to keep them as reasonable as possible but i knew that game was never going to go below like 120 which is what it usually seems to go for and so seeing it at almost 30 dollars off made me feel as though i had to do it and Bam. i did it uh yeah, I got you beat. Okay. Um Oh right. So, yeah, because you buy this the is a, prototypes. Yeah, okay. count. No, I'm not gonna count those. Okay, okay. Um so I I don't buy games too often. Um you know, older games because I uh I, I don't mind downloading them. Let's just put it that way. But yeah. uh as you both know, I, I I uh started a collection of the LucasArts adventure games and uh I collect them as though they are books. And uh, I am a book collector, so uh, they are the first prints of these games, the first uh, version of each first one that edition. came out. Yes, and uh, I sort of dug myself into a hole. You painted yourself into a uh, corner, and then or painted myself you into a corner is probably a better, better. Uh, and then dropped in a hole. You, you right. dug yourself into a hole. I mean, you you painted yourself into a, into a hole is what I was trying to say. I ruined my joke. Yes, yes, <laughs> I painted myself into a hole. Yeah, uh, where. Uh, turns out, uh, Labyrinth, based on the movie for the Commodore 64, the American version, the first version to come out, uh, I don't think they made too many of those. And, uh, so I have the only one that I've seen Amazing. on eBay in the last three years. Yeah. At all. $350. Uh, and that was, and that $350. Oh, that's too many. Yeah, I'm, I'm betting on Frank on $350. This because. Too many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if I if I were to have three hundred and fifty dollars to spend on a video game, I would spend oh. it on Psychic Killer Taromaru for the Saturn, is... which is which is a really cool action game made uh, that is directed by the um, 
the guy who was in charge of boss fights for treasure until he moved over and made that game. And then he brought some other treasure people with him. I think he went back to treasure after that. And, and, uh, I think he's this, the same guy who Hiroshi was Uchi. leading up Ikaruga. I think maybe I could be wrong about that. Oh, medium.com just Damn. tweeted a link to an essay I wrote. Oh, that's good. Oh no. Last time that happened, I started cool. getting emails from people. Now again, you know, it's like suddenly people know I'm around, uh, Oh no. Uh and I I do want to add uh my copy of Labyrinth. Um it's, it's it it was opened by some freak uh in in 1986 or whatever it was. Oh. Who kept the shrink wrap on and just slit the top oh, of god. it. Oh god. That's amazing. Like That's, who did uh... that? For a Commodore 64 yeah, game. Very, yeah, maybe... Uh, a very fastidious Maybe he child. had grown to <laughs> yeah. fetishize the whole way a plastic-wrapped package feels. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Anybody who, uh, back when we were calling it a podcast, uh, I remember getting Final Fantasy on the NES from my brother's friend, <laughs> Brandon. Uh, my brother's friend, Brandon, sold us uh, the original Final Fantasy. He traded us a couple of piece of trash games. Like, cause he just didn't want it. Cause it was, uh, I have to use his word. Uh, the word he used to describe final fantasy was it was gay. So he didn't want a gay game. He wanted, uh, a dude game. He wanted some guns mm-hmm. in it. And I loved the heck out of the gay games. So I bought it from him and we ended up paying him like $8 in, in trash games for final fantasy, which ended up being a beautiful experience. And this kid had done th- that very thing used a credit card or uh, probably a Swiss army knife or maybe his dad's Bowie knife because uh, everybody's oh, wow. dad on the army base had one of those to, uh, to just cut a slit and open it up. And I could see children of military parents doing that. Well, I only started doing it because of that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've got Shin Megami Tensei four on my shelf over here and it is opened that way because when I picked it up at GameStop, I picked it up and it felt just like Final Fantasy for the NES. It it was like it's in a Super Nintendo box sized box and it has a heavy manual and it just feels heavy. So I remember squeezing the box of Final Fantasy, which had the the, man, the manual was perfectly crisp. The map had never been unfolded. There was one quest on the cartridge with uh, uh, this is this may interest you two fighters a red mage and a black mage. None of those white mages, those healers, none of the monks. Why would I want those? Uh, I want dudes with swords and this guy's got a hat and this guy has kill magic and they were all on level four and, uh, had, he barely played the game. He had beaten, uh, not no bosses. He hadn't even beaten the first boss Garland. Uh, the game had baffled him. It would not read the manual. So, yeah, that's when I started, uh, opening my games that way. But I remember squeezing that package, the box, and I'm like, this is the heaviest video game box I've ever held in my life. And it had that big chubby manual in it. And I had a good, crazy good time reading that. We talked about manuals recently on here. Man, uh, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but, uh, uh, the English version of Mother One for the NES. Um, it was done to the point where they had the packaging and the manual and everything done. It was just ready to manufacture. And, uh, Phil Sandhop, who did the localization, told us when we interviewed him that, that they did just a huge Final Fantasy style heavy book that would have been in the box with that. And that's a, that's a fun thing to fantasize about. Yeah, I would have bought that. I mean, I literally would have bought that because I saw it in Nintendo Power and was ready to buy it. Like, so that was like a literal, literally, uh, I had, I had money ready to set aside. I was like, I knew when my Christmas money was coming. I'm like, all right, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. But no, unfortunately that never happened and it made me sad. Uh, sorry. But, uh, yep. Uh, that was a a fun thing. So why was I talking about that? Who the heck knows? Uh, oh yeah, the the uh, I, I paid the most money. Yeah, you paid the most money, worked. and he yeah. had done the weird <laughs> thing with the shrink wrap. So yeah. I did the weird thing with the shrink wrap from for 
any game with a heavy box from then on. So this is getting into some uncomfortable psychology now. But uh, if a game has had a heavy box, I would I would cut the slit like that and open the cardboard flap. You could not do this on Genesis games because they were their own precious. They they had their own precious chest of secrets. Uh, weirded me out that every Genesis game land was just a raw cartridge that just blew my mind. They have these beautiful cases. Yeah, so sad. So sad. But, uh... That was a little upsetting. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I guess I bought Chrono Trigger for seventy nine ninety nine when it was new. And that felt like kind of just a, a mind expansion to spend that much on a game as a 16-year-old. Uh, and I mean, that was, you know, plus Indiana State 5% sales tax. I just bought the heck out of that game. You know, that's... That's a lot of sales tax uh, <laughs> on that game, I gotta say. It's not really. Uh, but man, uh, have I spent more than that on a game? I, I mean, I guess there was, uh, uh, yeah, I bought Dragon Quest, uh, eight. You said you bought but some I Dragon bought it used, and it was around 7,000 used, which is insane. 7,000 yen. And I bought, Final Fantasy 12, uh, because I played most of Final Fantasy 12. I'm just gonna go ahead and admit this. Most of Final Fantasy 12 I played on a beta disc at my desk at Sony Computer Entertainment, because that's what I did. I was an idiot who just sat there and played video games all day. And I hate to perpetuate that stereotype of video game industry employment, but there it is. Uh, I did play that particular game all day for a couple of days. And then I bought it when it came out. And uh, I didn't just buy it. I bought it in the special edition PS2. Uh, it came with a slim PS2 with a Judge logo uh, laser etched on the front of it. So I took my uh, memory card save and continued the game at home. So I bought a game that uh, I could have just played at my office for free. And uh, I already had a PS2, but god darn it, I bought another PS2. And the funny thing is, uh, there's no value when it comes to a special edition PS2 in Japan in the mid 2000s. They do not, they do not shave a cent off of the price. You want to get the Gundam uh, PS2 with the Gundam in it, and the PS2 is pink. Uh, that's it's going to cost the price of a PS2 plus the price of the game plus the price of the extra packaging and a convenience fee for packaging them together and then the we painted your console for you fee. So the Final Fantasy twelve PS2 plus Final Fantasy twelve was... So the game was 9,900 yen by itself. The PS2 was the price of a PS2 plus 13,000 yen. So I had to pay 30 bucks to have some etching on my PS2. And uh And you you did not need a PS2 for any reason. I did not. No. Okay, so that's that's pretty close to mine then. So it was around $300. Yeah. So But I would say that uh in 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 spite of the fact you guys have definitely spent more in one sitting. I think that it is likely that I have purchased more high value games across a longer period of time. No doubt. Yeah, so that's that's uh I guess the sub question. Which is a here. different pathology. Uh it's a different one. Uh yeah, so I guess in my life, my video game collections have been uh I guess somewhat peculiar. I've had a lot of games in the past that I sold, but uh so let's I mean it, what is the adjusted for inflation here? It's uh thinking about Games I've had in the past that I sold, if I still had them now, how much would that all be worth? Oh, I might win on this one too. Yeah, this this is a, a tough question to ask. But uh, yeah, Say yeah. Say that again. What? So of, of all the games you've ever owned, whether you still have them or not, if you were to sell them all right now. So for example, I had I had six copies of Earthbound in the box. Because they were five ninety nine each at Best Buy, I bought literally six of them. So, uh, if I were to sell those all today, I'd be swimming in hamburgers of money. Yeah, right. 
I mean, no mistake about it. But I don't have them all today. I sold them for much cheaper than that. So let's hear. What do, what do you think? What do you got? I don't, I don't know what the total value is, but I'm going to tell you what the biggest chunk of it would be. Um, in the very early 2000s, like 2001, um, I was wholesale importing uh, games from a Taiwanese publisher called Sachin. Uh, their are NES games, uh, of which there were exactly 64. Um, I was buying them for $5 each, uh, I believe, was the wholesale price I was paying to the publisher, uh, whom most collectors thought was long out of business. Uh, I was just the person who was smart enough to find them and ask um, and buy their stuff. Uh, so I I had... I think I bought, and and this is like a big investment for a very young person like I was, but it paid off. I think I bought 10 copies each of the 64 games. Wow. And um, sold them for about $50 each uh, off of the $5, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like, it was a pretty good little business for me. Um those games are worth upwards of about two hundred dollars each now. Shoot. Um. So. <laughs> so based on that, I might win. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're dealing with but, a Frankenstein's monster of dollars, is what you're dealing yeah. with there. But uh, if I were to flood the market with them right now, they would be worth significantly less than two hundred each. Yeah, you'd but have if to I, dole them out like Beanie Babies. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what that I have no idea what that expression means. <laughs> but you'd be doling them out like beanie babies. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um I I guess uh it's it's I can't beat that, but I do have multiple uh five hundred plus dollar games in my possession right now. Um and I guess I would say that probably if I sold all of it individually I could get fifteen or twenty thousand dollars if I sold each of these games by themselves. That's probably a low estimate though. Because we're talking we're talking about you know, I'm there are like ten rare Saturn games that I don't have and there are like fifteen rare PC engine games that I don't have. Um and so in 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 terms of in that collection it's quite high and then you know most of my US Genesis games like Gunstar and uh Castlevania Bloodlines and and all those those are those have the packages and and are complete and whatnot so um <clears throat> it's a it's a bunch i would say um <clears throat> and also i've got you know i've got six different types of turbo graphics over here i don't need all those but I got him. Six um, different types. Yeah. Well, so, some of them uh, are doubles, but, you know. I, I don't know. If, should I count the prototype stuff on this? I can if you count the better. prototype stuff, then you beat everybody. Yeah, then um, everybody's dead if you count those. So in around that same time, maybe like 2003. No, 2002, because it was before Lost Levels. Uh, from a guy in Spain, I bought five prototypes of NES games that didn't come out. Uh, for 125 each, and the going rate on an unreleased NES game that you can't download is about 4,500 now. So that would contribute quite a bit, also. Yes, that's just gross. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So that NES market, I tell you. I guess right here, I want to say right here at the end. Uh, here's here's my quick final question. Uh, just in real American dollars, RAD. Just give me an estimate. Give me a ballpark. How much money have you spent in your life on video games? Oh God, um, it's a it's a hard one because it changes year to year. But I would say just a ballpark. Yep, I would say that I have spent over a thousand dollars a year since I started going to Japan, which is two thousand four. Uh, and a lot of that money is spent there, but some of it is spent here, of course. Um, so, but then, bef- and before that, I didn't have a job. And so I was probably spending on the order of uh, hundreds 
instead. Well, I mean, I did have a job. I didn't have a job that paid me money. Um, so I guess I would have to estimate roughly 15 to 20,000. Which is pretty um, much what I just said my collection was worth. But so my collection must be worth more than that. Well, maybe some stuff has appreciated in the same uh, proportion that other things have depreciated. Yeah, maybe. True. Yeah. Um. So I'm guessing we're only counting like video games that you can play. We're not counting my magazines. Uh. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't count those. Just games. And uh, do we want to say consoles? Say consoles so. as well, yeah. yeah. If, if you want to put, if you want to put, uh, put your your magazines as a side note, though, I'm interested. Oh, and exclude any con- any gifts. If if your parents bought sure. your, your Nintendo and Super Nintendo, just don't include yeah. them. Your money, um, real American dollars, with with God, really Brigadier Lieutenant Frank Cifaldi. <laughs> real American I, dollars. Oh God, um, I'd say I'm probably hovering near that 20k mark myself i would think just based on i mean we're talking about things i i like sold we're talking about prototypes we're talking right yeah i mean yeah um i don't know i'm looking at like my shelf right now and and that lucasarts stuff i mean that's i mean that's probably like over a grand right there right so like yeah. You know, like, did I do that 20 times? I don't know. Probably. Uh, <laughs> but then again, I don't know what high impacts. St- no, I I don't think that could possibly be. I think I think if if you're like 15 to 20, just with your quantity alone, yeah. you know, I, I couldn't possibly be matching that. So I'm going to I'm going to guess like 10 and then I'm actually going to guess probably another like. I would not be surprised if I've spent about four grand on magazines over the last 15 years. Crazy. I mean, it takes that much. I mean, when, when yeah. these, you know, they they go for a lot, but also it's over 15 years. So it doesn't yeah. really feel that bad. Yeah. I, 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 and Tim? I should have done this first because I just spent the last three minutes, uh, using my only talent and it's, it's actually much lower than I thought. It's 8,600. That's not that bad. I feel not that bad I, at all. I don't feel obsessive at all. I've spent less than ten thousand dollars on video games in my life. That's weird. That's super weird. Uh, do I even deserve it? That's like including last year. I think I last year I mm-hmm. bought Mario Maker and I bought a bunch of crap on Steam that ended up being like four hundred dollars. I've been getting free games for so long. Is the yeah. thing. So my the sheer volume of free games, and also Brandon is familiar with the, uh, the the beautiful, just the the tear jerkingly beautiful PS2 collection I had. If you remember, oh yeah, like in Japan, that was all crap that's at bookstores for a dollar. You know, the un- underappreciated, undervalued stuff. This year in Japan, Brandon was there. I bought. I bought two copies of Breath of Fire 5 Dragon Quarter for 300 yen, like $3 each. Like, uh, yeah. So it's like, I, I like having stuff like that. I've got a shelf in my house that's games whose box art I love. So I guess that's, uh, not necessarily expensive, but it should be. And the witness is $40 and I'm going to get it. And that's the straight dope. <laughs> I will buy The Witness for $40 if I uh, feel like playing a, a big, long video game when it comes out. No, let's not call not... it a big, long video game. Let's call it a big, long, transformative experience. Oh, my. And it's out next I'm Tuesday. I'm not going to buy it. No, I'm not going to call it that. No. <laughs> you don't want it's a video it, game. It, transformative experience. I might buy it if uh, if some people say that it's good and I have more money later. Right now, I'm not spending no forty dollars on no, no video game. I'm gonna. Get you know, what? I I don't care what anyone says about that game. Yeah, it's real. Like, it's real hard I, to. I can't imagine valuing anyone's opinion of that game except maybe like you guys. You yeah, know, well, like, that's that's what I mean. I'm uh, <laughs> right. I'm getting it next Tuesday, and I'm gonna play it on my PC, and I'm not gonna stream it because I guess I can't stream anything anymore. So. I'm going to be playing at full spec on PC and we're going to see, uh, hopefully something will click 
and I'll be able to tell you if it's fantastic or not. Uh, but that's, that's All the straight right. dope. $40 for the dope. Boom. 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 And that's, that's the end of the show. I'm, uh, Captain Tim Rogers. Uh, that's at 108 on Twitter. Brandon Sheffield, uh, Corporal Brandon Sheffield, Corpse Corporal Brandon Sheffield, yeah. at Necrosofty, uh, on Twitter. And Frank Safaldi, Brigadier Lieutenant Frank Safaldi, which is at Frank Safaldi on Twitter. And, uh, you can follow us at, at Insert Credit on Twitter, even though that Twitter's not used. I really feel like that Twitter should, uh, should get used. Yeah, you know we should I mean? get it in there. We should Set get it going. One of those IFTTT things to uh, post links when there's a new, you know, just a thought. Uh, yeah, maybe we should we'll all have it. the password to it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like uh, passwords. Yeah, so we, I just got to find it. Share it with our audience. <laughs> if anybody wants to know the password, it's, uh, it's pumpkin honkers dot, uh, and never mind. Biz. I don't, I don't remember the rest. Dot biz. I don't remember the rest. There's more to it. There's like five more words. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then there's also at uh, IC podcast on uh, no, on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Not really an ad. It's not an ad. It's not an ad. It's a, the, the way you have an ad. Where I, I mean, I didn't mean to say it as though it were an ad. I meant to just say we're, oh, sure. we're at yeah. IC podcast on. Uh, you can find it on there on the old. Facebook, that's what it's called. On the new Facebook, I can't really help you. I don't know where we are on that. Yeah. And that's the straight dope. Uh, thank you for enjoying your uh, Turbo Hyper experience. Bye. Bye. Insert credit show. Over, yeah!